0: You're listening to a podcast from 702. You. You're listening to Gershwell Brooks in for Libuchile Mabocha for the next uh, couple of days. As um, is, is obviously she's enjoying a little bit of the tail end of this festive season. Um, wonderful to be in your company. Wonderful to be on air, in fact. And um, came out of a nice first hour where it was generally just talking to you about some of your... Uh, you know, bad experiences Being made to feel un- uncomfortable And unwelcome in particular spaces Yes, the origin and the foundation of the conversation Was that horrible incident That happened in the free state um, But really trying to elicit Where it is, where just as a human being For whatever reason, you were made to feel Uncomfortable in a particular space And a lot of you sharing your stories Unfortunately, some of them still having their roots In the really ugly parts of Being South African, I guess But also at the same time, I guess, uh, you know, making us aware of the fact that, yeah, um these things still do happen and people are still made to feel deeply uncomfortable in many spaces that they do occupy. But obviously we're changing gears now, we're shifting the conversation. And joining me in studio, thank you for this by the way, Christine Ludwig. Masterclass with Christine Ludwig. This is our master class piece. And what I'm really looking forward to is is obviously speaking to a specialist vocal coach and pedagogue. Um Musical director, vocal producer, performance coach, as well as session vocalist. And, and you know, Christine, I, what makes me excited about this conversation this afternoon, apart from your very extensive CV, which means that you're very well qualified to talk about this issue, is obviously, you know, we have the reality TV space, which I think is more voyeuristic, especially for people like myself. You know, I made the comment... Uh, prior to to uh, you know the news break, that I really only watch Idols at the beginning to see the really bad performances, right, and to have a bit of a giggle, and to see people who seem to lack self awareness entirely, right, and then after that, when it gets to sort of the top whatever, the top thirty two, the top sixty four, the top whatever number of people that actually make it through. I, um, I don't really have much of an interest then. So you being so involved in the musical space, especially around vocals, right. is there a lack of self-awareness that you've noticed where people do not quite realize that they're not as great as they think they are?
1: Um, <laughs> I've never been asked that question before. <laughs> and um, I would like to say, I would like to say no, but I have to say yes. Um, I think ultimately people think they just think of the grandeur of it. They think mm, of the mm. end thing. They they see themselves on the stage and they haven't thought about everything that they need to accomplish in between. Um, so I have a lot of people coming to me and saying, you're going to make me famous. Um, but they haven't even we haven't even started. <sighs> we haven't even had a discussion about, you know, how we can sing. I'm not saying if they can sing. I'm saying how they can sing. Wow. Wow. Um, so, yes, there is, I think, but those types of people, I think, would also be equally happy to win or become a dancer or another artistic element because I, I feel like it's possibly just for the fame that, mm, mm. that helps that lack of awareness. It's an
0: interesting one because you're saying that people sort of see the end goal, the fame and the what. And let's be honest, I mean, I grew up, I was born in the, the early 80s. Yes. So so I'm used to those big arena concerts, yes. right? So whether it be Metallica filling up a stadium, uh, Soccer City, I think it was, or it'd be Michael Jackson, yeah. you know, or it'd be the Rolling Stones or whatever. Uh, Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, you know, you name them. These people filled up these major stadiums and, you know, it was this big performance and you hear of the millions of albums that they sell and mm-hmm. then you have a Beyonce that sort of has her own cult following. And I think that's what people imagine, that's what people yeah. think of as opposed to what does it actually take to get to that level? And, and this is for me as someone that is, despite the fact that I'm in radio and all that other jazz, right? The issue is I'm completely removed from the musical space. I, I don't know. I don't know any musicians. I don't know what work they've had to do. I don't know what work they've had to put into it. I don't know any of those things, right? Do I just wake up one day, uh, open up the pipes and realize, geez, I have a decent singing voice, and therefore I am going to be the next big thing?
1: I think it's a bit of... Um, a bit of a lot of everything (laughs) i think um yes natural talent is an aspect of it and it can help you get further faster but one doesn't let's be honest you don't have to have a natural singing ability nowadays to become famous um yeah sorry (laughs) i mean if you've got a good producer if you've got a good songwriter if you've got a good guy That's producing your tracks Mm, and mm. is good with auto tune. You know, it depends. Obviously, if you what kind of genre you're going to go into. If you want to be a dull, then yes, there has to be some ability. But if you're going to do um, more house tracks, then a singing ability is kind of secondary. So, um, I, I think you know who you becoming famous. Becoming Beyonce is a lot about who you know. It's a lot about who you know. It's a lot about um, being in the right place at the right time. Um, Primarily, being famous and being good at what you do in this industry is about drive. And if you can't, if you don't have that drive and if you can't hustle, you're not going to get anywhere, no matter how amazing you are.
0: So so, going back to sort of being a 90s uh, teenager, right, that's yes. when everyone sort of did really bad recordings on, on their little hi-fi at yes. home, their hi-fi system. If they were lucky enough, they would either borrow or steal or organize a microphone, right, play a bit of a backing track, and then you make your demo tape, and then... Uh, if if you knew someone in the radio industry, you'd go deliver it and yeah. blah, blah, blah. We all know those really romantic stories, right? But we are living in the year 2022 and we have what's it SoundCloud rappers and yeah. those types of people, etc. Where's the industry now for people that are saying that, listen, I don't want to self-publish my music. So I don't want to be known as a SoundCloud rapper. I might start off like that, but I want to be the guy that is actually recognized legitimately selling his or her tracks on on recognizable platforms, you know, where people actually go out and buy my music. What is that journey like now?
1: It's a tough journey. That's all I can say. I, you know, I, it's all about, um, you know, and I, just to say, I am at the very background of that. I am mm. at the. Well, I won't say I'm just at the beginning stage. I'm. I should be continuous. My my role in this process, mm, mm. Um, but it, um, so. So I don't actively help people get the deal or get the this. But, um, you know, I can't even say. I I feel, I actually, I really feel, you know, I have all these young, upcoming, amazing songwriters. And they come to me and they say, this is me. I have the voice. I have the talent. Uh, Now uh. what? And I mean, our industry is so, we're so satiated, saturated Mm -hmm. with amazing artists. Mm -hmm. So how are we going to take the next step? How are we going to be seen and heard, obviously, um, as the next person? And I can just say, you just have to be at the right place at the right time. It's so tricky Mm -hmm. because, Mm -hmm. um, especially in, in the South African market, it's, you know, I mean, it's hard. Globally, but the South African market is another thing to crack. You know, even my my professional artists who are you know selling albums Mm, and mm. are streaming incredibly well, they are now being usurped by the next thing to come in. I'm a piano. We just saying, but um, Mm. so so, and then singing ability is not that important. I hate
0: to say, and I, it. And, I, and I guess this is one thing for me about it is is that it is sort of based on being hot today or not, yes. right? Um, because there's a lot of people, and and unfortunately, because of the work that I do, I do come across a lot of people that have been in in different industries, right? Yeah. So whether it be uh, former sports people, whether it be former actors or a- current actors, whether it be musicians. Um, you know, recently I had a conversation with someone that reminded me of something that he did literally in the early 2000s. And, and the question is, wow, um, I can't even connect the dots, mm. but that is the thing that he did, right? Yeah. And unfortunately it is because why someone else came and, and, did better, for lack of a better term. Someone else became the next big thing that's and immediately supplanted, uh, supplanted him, isn't it?
1: That's it. I mean, if you've got a better, uh, if, if you've got a more exciting music video, or mm. that's not the biggest thing, but it's part of it. Yeah. If you've got a, an idea, it's about selling yourself. If mm, you can't mm. sell yourself, then I'm afraid you're nothing. And in this country, again, we don't have the funds for special, we, yeah, for that marketing arena. We do have that a bit, but not much. And so, the marketing is left primarily up to the artist. And if the artist doesn't, that artist might be an introvert. A lot of musicians are. Mm. And if you naturally don't want to sell yourself all the time, it's very, very challenging.
0: So, it's a multifaceted space where, again, I mean, to your point, it's not just about being this amazing vocalist. And I'm really sticking to sort of that, the vocal element of, of, of music. As opposed to to let's say, I'm a piano, right? And, yeah. and I'm a piano is exactly that because it's it's a PC and a a keyboard. Yeah. And being able to put something together with that, um, but I mean, as as a vocalist, as a human being, that, yeah. That's associated with a voice, with a video, with etc. etc. Cetera, et cetera, it's not just about your singing ability. It's also about your other skills that go deeper into the business of selling your music because it's one thing to record amazing music. The other thing is how do you get it out there?
1: Well, that's that's the thing. And I always look at the tones um as such a good example of that because I think they were just so ingenious about the branding mm. of them. So whether musically aside, um the branding was brilliant and it just took them on a ride that I mean we all know them so well. So mm. and that was all about branding. Obviously they were phenomenal performers mm-hmm. but the branding was what kept them in our faces all the time.
0: Exactly because I can remember there was a period where it was "Geez, palatones again." Totally. Uh, not not in a bad way. No, I mean you know,
1: they were KFC, they were this, they were that, <laughs> they were. Sorry, posters yeah. and yeah, billboards no, no, and everything. No, yeah.
0: So so uh, so I mean, there's that element, and then apart from it, also is one thing that I'm also acutely aware of is the fact that yes, you could be that big artist, that recognizable artist, but it doesn't necessarily mean fame and more specifically fortune. Yeah. So you might have the fame, but it doesn't necessarily translate to fortune. No,
1: unfortunately not. Um And again, I think back to this country, because obviously that's my frame mm. and my framework, is that most artists, the professionals that we know who are, have been performing, the legends in the industry, mm. have another business, have a side hustle, just so that we can keep going. And mm. I mean, obviously mm. this, the whole COVID thing has put a huge dip in Mm. in finances Mm. and everyone's been struggling emotionally as well but people just don't have the energy to perform and make scraps Mm. We, Mm. we don't earn enough from going out and singing we just don't so you have to do so many other things to bring in the money and survive and oh, that's, that's a tough one. Sad and, and
0: I guess part of it also is, is that the whole idea behind the industry, and I'm looking at hip hop in particular, which there you have to have some vocal skill as well. Yeah. If you're rapping, yeah. if you, and then writing ability and all those other things, is that all too often the, 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 the display, what we put on display is our wealth, is, 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 you know, how much we have and the yacht, the big house, the fancy cars. The big parties and everything else And also often a lot of that is BS Um, Complete,
1: complete (laughs) whole lot of BS Yes Uh,
0: And I guess that's what makes it so difficult Because that is what young people are aspiring toward And that's what they're hoping to achieve one day Whereas it's nothing else but smoke and mirrors Yes, completely So let's talk about, I mean, now that we've said all of that That context about what the reality of it is And it's something that you keep on mentioning Is that your frame of, your, 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 your frame of reference is obviously mm. South Africa in itself yeah. But I take it that we're not too different from many other countries Obviously the US is always the exception Where you could literally become a billionaire from yeah. being a musician Jay-Z, Beyonce, those types of people But they still represent less than one percent, less than a percentage of one percent within their broader their domestic and international market. I mean, the vast majority of other musicians are still struggling.
1: Yes, no, and it's. I mean, and what I do take my hat off to is those musicians that are passionate Mm. about their craft are keep struggling and they keep going and they Mm. keep going because without them we would have bubblegum, you know, music that's and there's nothing wrong with bubblegum music. But it's kind of music that you chew quickly, you lose the flavor and then you throw it away mm-hmm. ready mm. for the next pit pe- chappy. Sorry to say a brand. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So 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 it's the it's the ones and, and those ones are hoping for longevity mm-hmm. and mostly achieve longevity. And it's never they will never be the hip hop, um, um, ideal where you have the fancy cars and the limos and the the Mm. hot chicks and the hot guys and the, um, but they're keeping steady and they're keeping, they're keeping, um, music alive, good music, Mm. strong, beautiful music alive and are not really recognized for it. And then that's what I
0: found amazing. I remember I watched the documentary and David David Bowie many you know yes. a while back, and and it was amazing to see that Luther Vandross was a session artist. You know, he was sort of that guy that comes into the yeah. studio, does background vocals, and goes on. And uh, he did that for many many years before he found solo fame and acclaim. And today, yeah. if you talk about R and B solo artists that were great, male voices, vocalists that were great. Luther Vandross is definitely, top. you know, at the top exactly. of, that, of, of, of that list. But he was a session artist for, for many, many years, and he did backing vocals for David Bowie. Yeah. Um, and I guess the, the difficulty is, is that work ethic that goes into it, which we can touch on in just a few and talk mm. about work ethic. Let's talk about what happens after that. So here's Gershwin, right, who admitted to you before we <laughs> went live on air that I would never sing uh, in public but but let's let, let's say, for example, Gershwin now gets this record deal for whatever reason right. someone is is clearly very drunk at the time or in a coma, and they decide to give me a <laughs> record deal. What happens after that what What role do you have to play after that, especially being a coach? because the thing about it is i mean i got the record deal. Do I need to do any, any further training improvement you know well,
1: 'm so one glad yeah i'm so glad that you asked this question because here um, there is the there's a huge misconception about vocal coaches or going for vocal training in that it changes your voice. So Mm -hmm. if you are signed for a record deal Mm – They've taken you for your. They've taken your look. They've taken your voice. They love what you've got. So then, why do you need to go and change it? I'm exactly. saying that in inverted commas. <laughs> um, Beyonce yeah, you're Beyonce. <laughs> but uh, even Beyonce goes for training, you know. And it's about it's about being able to maintain your your instruments. And you know the the best analogy to use is if you were to run a marathon, you're not going to just wake up one day and run that <coughs> marathon. You are going to train for that marathon. Mm, You're mm. going to get a specialised coach, an expert in their field, to train you and work you every day to get you to your peak. So, so they're not going to teach you how to run because mm. you already know how to run. Mm. It's about mm. teaching you how to run at your best, um, and so that you can run forever. Mm. Um, and and so a lot of producers again in this country and. And also in the states, I must say, often think that by it's it's a cop out by going for vocal coaching. It means that you can't sing, wow, or or that you are. It's I've heard that a few times that you are, um, yeah, that you've failed in some way, which makes me quite sad. Obviously, um, so firstly, you said where do we start if you've got the mm. record deal? Firstly, it's to get you to acknowledge that it's okay to come for lessons mm. and for, for coaching and for training because you're, you're an athlete now. You are mm. a vocal, mm. you're a singing athlete, and we need to get you to your maximum. But I mean, to your point,
0: and I'm thinking about this, if, if I have to go back to, you know, those artists from the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, you know. I mean, some of them, especially the ones that had longevity, the yes. ones where you could literally listen from album one to two to three to, and, and, and not the people that brought off sort of the, the little LP or what the EP every second year or, yeah. you know, every six months, then there's something new out that one song out. Yeah. But I mean, people, we, we've still had, and I don't know if this still happens. It just shows when Lassa actually <laughs> bought an album inverted commas, but you know, you had the nine single album. Yes. With nine songs on it And you'd be able to listen to that one And two, three years later, another, album two comes out And then album three and album four And all too often what you would notice Is that there's a marked evolution From those very first Little notes that this person sang All the way through to album number six Number seven, number, number eight Where there's, there's this growth, there's this um, sophistication in the music, right? There's the sophistication in the voice, and that. And I take it that that has a, lo- a hell of a lot to do with coaching. And it's not changing the voice, but really that it improves and it gets better with time
1: absolutely i mean i think whitney houston is a classic example you know if she started off i mean she was very young when she started we also mm. need to take into consideration that you know our bodies are still maturing mm. um up to really we fully are matured at around 21 but that means our voices are also growing our larynxes are growing mm. which means that our vocal our, our sound is changing mm. so um and as we get older, you will also, maybe if you reflect on your own voice, your voice has become a bit lower and a bit deeper mm, mm. Um, just because of the way our muscles, the way we age. And I mean,
0: to your point of it, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no. I mean David O'Sullivan, a former colleague of ours, when he left 702, he played his first ever broadcast. And my God, <laughs> the difference between what he sounded like that first broadcast versus what he sounded like. I mean, yeah. you could hear that there was a significant deepening of the voice. Yes. There was a massive change yes. over those years. The, and, and that's the point that you're making is that it's not static. It's not. No.
1: And, th- and it's exciting and we need to learn to work with that. And But a lot of people get stuck. And this is where the vocal damage happens yeah. is we get used to working with our voices When they were in stage one Uh. But because our voices are evolving all the time We need to learn how to work with that evolution of the voice So, and I mean, training Also speaking, as you'll know as a speaker You will have more resonance You'll speak lower in your chest Uh, You know, also when we're younger We speak higher up here But As we get older, we learn to resonate. (laughs) We learn to have a a deeper voice. Exactly. And I I mean, myself, I need to remind myself to speak a bit more in my chest because sometimes I have been asked if I'm old enough to sign an insurance thing because people think I'm a child still. Yeah. So um, I think. You know, once in the training, uh, I actually forgot what your question was. Now, <laughs> no, 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 I was so excited, <laughs> I get carried away.
0: No, no, it's that's when you're having fun uh, with these conversations. No, what I was asking is about you know that need for vocal training throughout. Yes. So, in other words, and and you know, I think your your analogy of of an athlete is is perfect because the thing is, um, unless I'm just going to run the the comrades for fun, and let's be honest, a lot of people sort of it's a bucket list yeah. thing, right? But I I guess uh, a record deal, um, performing in front of you know, on a stage at, an, at, a, at a stadium can't be sort of just a bucket list thing. You know, it's not just one of those things that I just happen to want to, want to do. This is a professional thing. This is an actual thing that you yeah. want to do. And and so if you're a vocalist and you want to take this stuff seriously, you would want to go and put in the training into that. Because if I'm going to run the comrades and I want to be competitive, I'll eat properly, I'll exercise properly, and I'll do the additional running and other training forms of training – so I guess the same applies to, to singing, that I can't just pitch up and, rah, 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 and then take off.
1: Well, that's the thing. And um, what's so exciting for me um, now is that, well, and frustrating because it's holiday, but it is amazing because my professional clients, are mm. suddenly so full over this holiday season, which means that, we, we are working again, we've got live gigs But also, my, my pros are now getting it You know, um, mm. I, that sounded a bit condescending But I, you know, I think it's a lot of my professional clients That I'm working with now have mm. come to me After they've had vocal surgery After they've had nodules They've had the damage They got the record deal They mm. they sang too much They sang too hard um, You know, the pressure of performing was too much And then they... they their voices were damaged.
0: Jeez, we need to talk about that. I mean, yeah. the uh, sort of, uh, you know, yes. it's, it's 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 the analogy between this and sports is just sort of just continuing because now you also have the the vocal damage. right?
1: Absolutely. So,
0: I mean, that's hectic.
1: No, it's so hectic, and then you dealing with so then they come to you after they've had the surgery, and their voices are slightly different now because mm, mm. they've been pushing their voices through damage. So, um, yeah, and and so that becomes what they used to they used to now singing with their damaged voice you know and there's that lot of that thing oh your voice sounds so husky that's amazing Mm. some people are born with a husky voice a lot of people that comes from vocal damage and Mm. so once the 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 operation has taken place the nodules or whatever um, Mm. thing has happened is removed then they they have a fresh voice again and now mentally How do I deal with this fresh voice? Because my voice, they are used to their new voice. Now it's about getting them to work with their clean voice in a healthy way.
0: So two things that I want to cover after the um, half past two eyewitness news with you is obviously the work ethic that goes into it. Right. Number one. Number two, where do we start? Where do we start in this journey? Because unfortunately, let's be honest, all too often we wake up at the age of 17 and I want to be a star. Mm. And that's when we want to embark on this journey. But when does one actually start? I, I hope to pick that up with you.
1: 702
0: Masterclass. Christine.
1: Hi Welcome back Thank you
0: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah Two things that I uh, Wanted to chat to you about Is sort of the work ethic That goes into this Because again Going back to Sort of the music videos And the culture That you know The subculture that, That exists within uh, the, the, the musical space Is this notion That it's almost A carefree life Right yeah. So on the one end You're either this artist That has all the time In the world To write your music To compose your music And to think it through You go to a studio On a secluded farm For two weeks And you sh- do your thing And then boom you, you sell millions Upon millions Of copies of albums And then afterwards It's big champagne parties And, and, and a lovely life And blah 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 Is that the case Or is it, is it work?
1: It is slogging all the time, you barely rest. Um, it's hard work. If you're going to be successful in this industry, mm-hmm. it is work. There's never a downtime. There's always something that you need to think about. You know, um, in in an ideal world, we have managers and PAS and bodyguards and everything <laughs> to do the thinking for us. But ultimately, it's you. It's your career. You need to check that you have the finances. You need to check that your bands okay. You need to check that you can. Pay the rent next month, so I better do this ad, which I really don't want to do, but I want to do the ad, or I have to do the ad. Um, because, as I said earlier, it's not just about singing and performing. There's mm. so much else that's going on, and you are hustling 24-7 to be to keep at the top once you're there.
0: It's those club appearances. That's it. When you're not in the mood to go that's clubbing. That's it. It is. And it might seem fun and exciting and, and amazing. Oh, I want that life. But… Yeah, There's many a Friday nights where you're thinking to yourself That I don't want to be out and about And lo and behold, you have to be there Because why people are paying VIP More people have bought VIP tickets So that they can sit next to you Completely Um There are people whose hands you have to shake They are suddenly you everyone's role model And you have to be the ambassador for this, that and the other And yeah. suddenly a perfume can't sell without your yeah. face Or your face attached to the bottle And so on and so forth So in other words And, and assuming that's at the height of success, right? And then for your average worker bee musician, I take it that you have to go and do backing vocals for other people. That well, you have to do a range of other things, isn't it?
1: That's the thing. It's about finding that balance. And, you know, if, if you're lucky enough to only be doing music, mm. um, then it's about balancing your stuff and other people's stuff. So how do I... Keep my artistic integrity And keep my creativity For my product mm. But I also need to be super creative For this other person's product So it's really It's all about finding the right balance And everyone is different Everything works differently for everyone else So yeah, it's tough
0: But now Christine, you know, I, I don't know um, I, I hate the song I've been to, You've just given me the song that you've yeah. written For me that I have to perform And I, I, it's not me You know, uh, it it doesn't reflect my values. It's it's making reference to women in a way that I would never make reference to them. I'm a I'm a I'm a big this thing lover, but I'm not. You know, Um, and and the the record label owner will tell me that. Listen, you do you better do the song because that's what's going to sell. What then?
1: Well, this is the lifelong troublesome problem that we all have as as recording artists is. Um, Are we going to stick to our guns um, or get the deal but move another way? It's so, you know, I mean, it depends what contract you've signed. If you are contracted to sing the song with the terrible lyrics, then you have to do it. But this is why um, it's easier um, to be with indie indie labels sometimes. um, Because then ultimately the indie label has signed you because you're you which is why the bigger labels also say that they're signing you. But because there's a bigger <laughs> reach for them, yeah. um, you have to comply a little bit more because their goals are even more money-orientated. For
0: for, for, <laughs> uh, for those of us that read a lot, right, I mean, I remember reading articles where Simon Carl was explaining how I put together some of the biggest boy bands in Britain. Yeah. Where the backstories is that they were high school best friends, despite the fact that one of them is like 45 years old with a lot of makeup on. And the other one is 16, yes. which means that they couldn't possibly have met in yes. high school unless the one was a teacher and the other one was a student. But the point that I'm making is is that um, they literally just sort of farm these young people, put them together and say that, listen, you guys will work out. Uh, you know, the young girls are going to the teenage girls are going to buy your albums and your CDs and your stuff and your posters and God knows whatever else. Like crazy Yeah So we're going to put you guys together For two to three years You're going to run around the country You're probably going to end up Running around the world Doing your stuff And then afterwards Take home your millions And then forget about you Forever and ever And all too often You don't even know What are the songs that you're singing uh, Someone just hands you A sheet of paper You have to go do the recording Klar, go home and then uh, appear for the concert, so that, that can also be the other side of the coin that, that where it's you, you 're almost a product for lack of bit well term.
1: completely you are completely a product you 're part of the machine, part of the mechanism, and it 's fine, I think for a while, and if you don 't want to go too deeply into it, mm. if you don 't think about what you 're singing about, you just sing and perform, and you 're told that I sing you, know, you sing nicely and you work with other people well mm. so let 's just go with it. And then you can just, then it does become easier because you do, you don't have to think. You're told what to do all the time. And then you can live the artist's life. Mm. But then you, but then there is a, a dark side to that, you know, drugs and too much partying. It does, it gets to you. And that is unfortunately a part of it. So you can keep up all the time to perform. And then, you know, you look at Backstreet Boys and all of those. I mean, ultimately, everyone's got their Everyone has been through rehab once or twice Jeez.
0: <laughs> I don't know, I'll give you an opportunity I guess towards the end of the conversation For you to sort of uh, you know, bring forth your inner Nancy Reagan And tell them <laughs> to, to say, just say no yes. but, but before we get to that So, I mean, um, you know, without wanting to scare anyone off And that's not what I'm trying to do yeah. It's, it's to, to, to present the reality of what ultimately is still works what ultimately is still an industry, what ultimately is still something that's quite unforgiving, let's be quite honest. Yeah. Uh, there's no, at the age of 65, we retire with a nice pension. You could retire after your first recording.
1: Absolutely. You could
0: retire before you even yeah. get to do your first yeah. recording. But the point that I wanted to get from you, though, is uh, for those survivors that are listening to the show and are saying that, listen, we still want to do this. I, I heard my child sing in the school choir. Mm-hmm. I heard my daughter come home from school and she sang a little nursery rhyme and this child is a future in music. Yeah. Where do we start? When do we start? What do we start? If that makes any sense.
1: Yes. Well, I, I also first want to say that singing specifically isn't just about being famous. Hmm. There are so many positive elements that come from singing. I mean, there have been s- thousands of studies done about the brain, the, the good thing it does for your brain, and it helps your thinking, and it helps your heart, and it helps your just your mental stability. So there's so many positive things just to sing. Mm. And um, you can sing in a choir, you can sing at school, you can sing at church, you can sing... And just singing is uplifting in itself. Mm. So, you know, I think... Even if you don't become Beyonce, singing is rewarding just as it is, just to sing. Um, so if you were to come, if you were to start, though, I think um, back to your question, I you can really start singing at any age. I prefer not to teach personally the, the really young children because okay. their voices are still maturing. Their, vo- mm. their vocal cords, their vocal folds are growing and maturing. Everything's growing. And... Um, you know, if you the hormones have
0: haven't kicked, out, kicked everything, in. Have everything everything is still changing.
1: Or. Yeah, so I'm happy to work with them, but in a one-on-one session, it's a bit too intense for the little ones. So if you want to send your child to singing, send them to group singing, send them to choir, send them to children's um, theater group, workshop groups, all of mm, those mm, things mm. that can get get the inspiration, get them inspired about music in the first place. Then, um, I mean, I have a lot of, I work a lot in high schools. I work with students who uh, are also, apart from my professional clients, they are taking music as a matric subject. So they sing as their matric subject. And those children are mostly come to start coming to me from about 16. That's a good age. Mm. they mm. um, Sometimes the boys are still working through their pubescent voices.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would love to hear what that sounds like.
1: And it's a bit, ah, 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 ah. yeah, they that the first year or two is mainly about building confidence. Uh-huh. Um, but shame, yeah, it is shame, yeah. but they ultimately they're lovely. And I think you, if you've got a passion for it and are willing to do the work, um, really you can even come at an, a later age, you know, 21, mm. 22. I've got some people coming to me now. That, that are in their 40s, and they've had just this desire to Just as to I sing. thought that I
0: escaped this thing. Absolutely. Eh? Just I'm just waiting as I thought for you. I was get away
1: from I'm this. waiting for your call.
0: <laughs> I was about to say, no, Christine, I'm way too old. I can't do this. <laughs> no, there's
1: no excuse. I mean, again, uh, just back to the Whitney Houston reference that I was talking about yeah. earlier, you know, her voice... Obviously, it was she had taken drugs, so her voice um, was much lower. I don't know if you noticed that in her last few singles that she released, her voice was much lower. So everyone's blaming the drugs, blah blah blah. Yes, absolutely, that has an effect. But also, she was older, mm, as you ma- mm. and again, as you get older, your voice matures. So you know, there's so many elements that you know you can start singing at 40, forty, fifty but your voice will need to look at it from a different point of view because your muscles are changing in your body.
0: And let's ask a basic question. Um, Because, and I think I I said this again off air before we started, I I firmly believe I don't have a singing voice that I can't sing to save my life, blah, blah, blah. Is that the case? Is it that just some people should just not sing? Or is it that we all have an innate ability to sing, but? I
1: yes. The last one you said. <laughs> 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 I think, um, you know, everyone says, a lot of people also say, well, I'm tone deaf, I can't sing at all. Mm. I mean, that's, that's not true. Uh, there was a study done, apparently only 4% on average. Uh, of the world's population is absolutely tone deaf and that means that you can't even listen to music because it hurts you it's physically a, an awful thing to listen to wow so most people can say that they enjoy music mm. and are you know are, are like want to try some form of Music making, and I think with singing, there are so many elements why we feel we can't sing, or why someone will say saying, you can't that's sing. That's why rave
0: music came about because of tone deaf people.
1: Yeah, right. no, <laughs> I won't say it, no, 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 <laughs> no, I
0: mean, some, it's of the brrr, you know, some of that stuff, okay, but uh, but so, but you were saying about being so, so the vast majority of us actually enjoy music.
1: Absolutely, But just I because mean, we
0: enjoy it doesn't necessarily mean we can no, do it. And,
1: and I think, no, I mean, some people are better at music making mm, mm. Um, and some people aren't. It's it's just a skill. It's mm, like mm. I won't run the comrades because I will die after one minute. Um, and so some people are more skilled at that. Other people can sing. They have an inherent ability to sing. But that doesn't mean that you can't ever sing. Ooh. So there are different reasons why you can't or you feel that you can't sing. It could just be because you're very self-conscious. It could be because you have some form of anxiety because when you were 2 years old your cousin told you that you sounded like a frog um or it could be the way your 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 you place the sound in your voice, in mm. your mouth, you know, there's so many different elements. And once we understand how you are creating the sound in your body, then we are able to teach you how to create the sound that we want A singing sound that we
0: want Right But admittedly If I had to come to you now And, and you said this Sort of You alluded to this At the beginning Where you were saying That uh, a lot of people Come to you And you're going to Make me famous Right yeah. So Gershwin Who admits to the fact That I can't sing To save my life And the reason why I say that is Because I mean The way it sounds why I, I don't sing because I am not tone deaf. Do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, <laughs> yes. Yes, no t- <laughs>
1: Um.
0: I know that it's not a pleasure to listen to whatever. Right. But I can't wake up tomorrow morning and decide, okay, I had this interview with Christine. Christine is a vocal coach and, you know, she can do all these amazing things. And therefore now she is going to perform miracles and now, you know, I don't know, give me a great voice. That It doesn't work
1: like that. Well, firstly, I would need to get you into my studio to right. hear... To hear what you sound like. So, um, but no, miracles can't happen um, unless, but I can't say that mm, because mm. I, I, don't, I don't want to judge your voice now. I mean, I'm hearing your speaking voice, which is, it's very different to your singing voice. Not totally, but mm-hmm, quite different. Mm-hmm. Um, it also depends how much work you're willing to put into it. So some people will come for the lesson and then go home and then come back in a month and see me and their voice is the same. If you are willing to work on your voice... Mm. Just like running a marathon, you have to exercise every single day. Then, your voice can become a better product of what it is now. Sure, I get you. Just a quick example: I had someone come into my studio a few years ago who couldn't sing a note. He sang one song, and out of that whole song, he got one note right. And I worked with him. <laughs> yeah, I know. And but he was he wanted to. He says, my family. A musical And I want to sing mm. And he came to me For two and a half years wow. And he worked really hard And at the end of it He performed with a live band He's not going to become A professional singer mm-hmm. But the, the the pride That that gave him mm-hmm. For no reason at all He just wanted to achieve That goal And I think that That is a good That's an awesome one that's, yeah. that's
0: really an awesome story uh, Would you be happy, be happy To share any contact details uh, website? Social media email address for people that are listening to this. I saw that there's a whatsapp where someone is keen on, on, on you know coming through bringing um, bringing someone along for vocal for vocal training. Is, is that something that you're open to?
1: Yes, sure. Anyone can contact me. I am quite busy, so if I, I can refer you to other people though that are very skilled, um, you can get me on my website. It's at info at christineludvik and ludwig l u d w i g as in like beethoven ludwig <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no stunning so i'd love to hear from you no that, uh, look uh, i think for me it's it's something absolutely amazing and, and i always marvel at musical ability and and how it's it's still ultimately work you need the dedication you need but there was another side to the coin where you mentioned sort of the injuries that you pick up along the way and yeah. uh, it's it's always something i found i mean even doing talk radio for example i don't do that much radio anymore where i can say i'm the guy that has to have a special tea to blend to keep the voice going but apparently after some time the vocal cords take a bit of strain because you're doing a lot more than what the average human being does with them.
1: Absolutely, I mean even um, um, stand-up comedians, teachers, uh, yeah, people who use their voices all the time struggle um, mm, mm. with vocal t- with with sustaining, maintaining their voices. And I see I work very closely with uh, Dr. Lance Marin, who's considered the the ENT to the stars. So mm. a lot of um, big professionals go to him for vocal surgery Mm, mm, mm. and vocal work. And um, so he's seen everyone from the top singers in the country to just speakers, talkers, um, people who use their voices all the time. And, um, you know, just looking at their – it's it's sad when you see someone that can't use their voice as it should be used. So learning the correct technique for voice, singing and speaking – is incredibly important.
0: So that is where your coaching then also becomes essential. It's Absolutely. not just a case of, it's not just to improve the actual voice, but it's also to maintain the health about, of the voice.
1: It's about maintaining.
0: And, and, and I guess that is why when I buy the album, when I'm listening to the CD, the MP3, the whatever, for sure, Abel, I'm out of date, I know. <laughs> when I download the song, right, and I'm listening to the song, um, it's so much different when the person is performing live because all too often then you can hear... That, wow, they really don't sound like this on the album, do
1: they? No, absolutely. And that's the problem is that a lot of um, artists will record in studio and you can mm. do 20,000 takes of one high note in studio, but you can't ever perform that live. So, you know, it's so important. <laughs> and this is also where my role comes in as a vocal coach is about helping artists understand mm. the mix and how we work live and in studio together, because at some point they have to meet. Otherwise, you can't maintain that live performance lifestyle. You'll collapse. That's what happened to Adele. She couldn't do it. She mm-hmm. has, she's had vocal operations um, because she got nodules from, from um, yeah. singing.
0: And I guess, and in, in very true, and I can imagine, especially with someone that sings at that range. Yeah. That level of clarity. Uh, guess what? If I'm going to pay X amount for your to- uh, concert tickets, I'm not going to come and listen to, yeah,
1: you no, know, I'm exactly. not going to come and
0: listen to nonsense because I know. I mean, if it's a Janet Jackson or a Michael Jackson hopping up and down and doing dances and stuff and Billy Jean doesn't quite sound the same, yeah. it's excusable, right? Because yeah. there's a lot of movement and stuff happening. But if yeah. it's Adele with that pure, crisp voice, that's what I'm, yes, that's what I want to hear. That's what I expect. Exactly. Yes. Absolutely stunning chatting to you. Christine, Thank all you. the best.
1: Thank and you very And thanks much. for the masterclass. Thank you.